Good evening, everyone. Y'all got quiet awful fast. Hanging on my every word. Boy, that's scary. That's a scary thing. So tonight, we're going to be in John 17 again. We're going to be talking more about Jesus' prayer life, prayer in general. We've talked a lot about the different types of prayer that Jesus has done, the different situations. Before the angry mob came to get Jesus, before he was betrayed, before false accusations, the the cursing, spitting, scourging, before they drove nails in his hands, he prayed. He offered up prayer to God. He would get up early in the morning and he would pray. Uh, He'd get away from the crowds. He would go off by himself to pray. He gave us an outline. He gave us a pattern, the model prayer of how to pray. We went over that. He came up. When he came up out of the waters of baptism, Jesus prayed. Uh, That was the first thing he did. He never put a piece of food in his mouth before he offered prayer to God. He prayed then. We've talked this whole quarter about all the prayers that Jesus prayed, all the different situations, the different circumstances and reasons. But John 17 here, it's more than just a model prayer for us. I mean, what to say and the things that Jesus did. This is talking about when Jesus prayed for us, when he prayed for us as a church, not so much individually, but as a whole, he prayed for us. In verses uh, one through five there, he starts out by praying for himself. Um, In John 17 is where we're at. John 17 verses one through five, he calls to the Father to glorify him so that the Father in turn will be glorified as well. He tells the Father that he's finished the work that he was given here on earth. Basically, he's he's done his job and longs for the glory that he enjoyed with the Father before he came to earth, before the world existed. So he's praying for himself there in, in verses 1 through 5. And Daryl covered a lot of this. And when we go to verses 6 through 26, that's when he starts praying for his people. He starts praying for his apostles starting out. Uh, specifically about them, about the apostles that were following him. And after that, he gets into the more things that apply to us broadly as a church, as Christians, Uh, people everywhere down through the centuries, all the way to present time is what he starts to pray about there through the rest of the chapter. Uh, And he tried to make it very clear there in verse nine, I think it was, that he was praying not for the world. Now, why would he try to make it clear in seventeen verse chapter 17, verse 9, that he was not praying for the world, but praying a personal prayer for his own, his own children? Why does he want to make that so clear about this so that when we get to the rest of it, it'll make a little more sense? But what was the purpose of that? Okay. If they're not of the world, that they're right. Okay. Why else? Why does he bring that up? Everything we talk about in scripture, if it's in there, there's a reason for it. So when he makes that a point to say, let me just read verse nine there. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Meaning he's just praying for the Christians. He's just praying for the ones that are in Christ, that are children of God and not people of the world that aren't. What's your thoughts? He's fixing to leave them. Exactly. Right. He's praying for them because he won't be there anymore. He's praying for their strength, for their 
furtherance of the gospel because he's not going to be able to help them to to be there to be the example in person and that's a very important prayer i'm glad he prayed that prayer because i feel like that prayer still affects us today as christians okay so jesus pray we're gonna start in verse 20 right there somebody want to read 20 through 26 for me if you don't care 17 thank you deborah okay so these verses Jesus is praying for the church to be united. He's praying to have unity in the church. So my first question, why did he pray about it at all? I mean, Jesus could have commanded it that once you're a member of the church, once you've been baptized, once you have made that commitment, we're just all going to see it the same way. We're all going to be united. There's going to be no differences. Why did he pray about it? Why did he pray for unity of the church for us to be united? Okay. Okay. So that the world can see us be united. Okay? Right. Anybody else? Why would Jesus pray for this? He can do anything. He could make it however he wanted. But he prayed that that we would, meaning that he's expecting us to, he's wanting us to be united. He's hoping that happens. Why would he do that? Uh We're going to talk about that confusion. Okay? So if you think about being united, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's on a ball team, whether it's in a church, whether it's anything, being united is choice, is it not? You can't be united if you don't choose to be united, if you don't choose to have unity, because uh, you all got to be thinking the same thing, going the same direction, working together. So it's a choice. And I think that's why he prayed this and didn't make it just happen. He wants us to have that choice to be united so that we all come to that realization ourselves and want to do that. We want to be united. I don't know about you, but when I'm forced to do something, I'm not near as happy about it. I don't work near as hard at it. I'm not near as good at it as if it's a choice that I make. And I feel like that's one of the reasons right here that he prayed about it because he wants us to have that. Yep. Right. That's true. Right. Okay, good. All right, so we're going to move on. We're going to take this verse by verse, talk a little bit about it, and then we'll have a few more questions at the end. Hopefully, y'all have got a lot of comments and answers to those, or you can be going home early tonight. So verse 20 right there, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through the word. Jesus is praying for us right here. We ask a lot from God in our prayers, and we should try to be the answer to Jesus's prayer here, and we can. And to me, that's a big thing there, that we could be the answer to Jesus's prayer as far as being united. If he's praying for us and he's praying for us to do something and us to be united when we are, when we do work for that and when we all work together as a united church, a united followers of Christ, is that not an answer to Jesus's prayer? To me, that's pretty amazing that he could ask something about us. And when we follow that, we're an answer to his prayers. Did you ever think about it that way? Is it my reading that right? Isn't that what we are whenever we're united as a church um, in his name? We're, we're being the answer to his prayer. And that's, that's pretty amazing to me. But verse 21 there, it says that they may all be one as you and the Father You, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. Our unity is to be like the unity between the Father and the Son. Jesus linked the Father, linked with the Father, and should be linked with each other. 
Philippians 1.27 talks about that as well. Verse 22, And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Jesus wants to share his glory with the people, with his people, with us. We're glorified with Jesus by being united and living for him. To me, that's that's pretty big that the glory that he knows, that he has, being connected to Jesus, to God, uh, he wants that for us as well. And I think that is a big thing for us as Christians, because do we try to share that same glory with those around us? Do we want others to have the same thing that we have as Christians? Do we? Do you ever think about that? When you're sharing the gospel, whenever you're setting a good example, whenever you're being united as a church and showing that to the world, we're sharing what we have with them. And I think that's a very important thing as a Christian that, yeah, we have it, but we want everybody to have it. There's room for everybody. There's enough for everybody. And and I think that's what Jesus is doing right here. He wants us to share in that glory with him because he knows how great it is. He knows what the end game is. And we should feel the same way whenever we're teaching others, setting a good example, sharing Christ with others, being together. I don't know about you, but I, whenever I come together with a group of Christians, usually I leave feeling a lot better than I did whenever I got there. And if we're not doing that for each other, then we're not truly sharing the glory here that Jesus is talking about that we have with God. Does anybody got any questions or comments about that? Anything to add to it? Okay. Verse 23, I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me. And have loved them as have loved them as you have loved me. Unity is how we help convince the unbelieving world in Jesus that He is the true Son of God. So this goes back to what we were talking about a little bit about the confusion. Have you ever known anyone that didn't want anything to do with the church because or Christianity because they thought it was confusing? Is it confusing? How do we make the church confusing? Okay. Uh-huh. That's true. Right. Right. I think that's where the unity that we're talking about in the church, if people see this Christian acting this way or worshiping this way at this church, and then they see us doing this over here, aren't we the same church? How is that right over here, but not right over here? And I think that's where the confusion comes in, because when we call ourselves the Church of Christ, followers of Christ, if this is not what we're going by, People see that, and I mean, you, you've heard it before, Church of Christ, people are hypocrites. It's confusing. This guy does this, and this guy does this. How is that the same? How do they worship together? How are they? How do they read the same Bible, have the same doctrine, and yet they do two different things? Right. <clears throat> right. Right. If you say that came up Sunday morning in Josh's class talking about, this is just an example the one cup there as far as being united is there a right wrong doesn't say it says partake but it's when you start the judging of the other side well you're wrong for doing that whenever there's no true scripture saying that anyway we could go down that rabbit hole real far on a lot of things but being united means putting away putting aside the things that do call cause confusion that are not doctrine if it's in here and it says to do it great uh oh, Jim's got to. Let's see what it is. Uh huh. I agree 100%. Yes. Right. They have a preview. That's true. 
Right. So all this kind of ties back to what Jim was talking about, about being accountable. If we make the church confusing or if people do make it confusing, simple here. But when we make that confusing for the world, for other brothers, whether you're a member or whether you're not, I feel like there's going to be an accountability for that. That's a stumbling block. Right. As long as it's following this, the other, the traditions, the things that that we can be one way or the other on and still be sound doctrine wise, we don't need to be confusing on that part. We need to all stand behind this. But Good. Anybody else before we move on? We're going to go to verse 24 there. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold the glory which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. Jesus prayed here that we'd all make it to heaven. He's praying for us that we will be there with him in glory, that we will see heaven, we will be in heaven. He's prepared that place for us, and he wants us to be there. And this is him praying for that. Do you ever pray for someone? Pray to help someone. Pray that you can help them get to heaven, that you'll be either an example to them, that you can teach them, that you can do anything to help them get to heaven. I think that's part of the unity of the church as well, that we're helping each other get to heaven. We're not being that stumbling block. We are holding each other accountable. We're not being confusing in what we're teaching or how we're living because we all want to get to heaven and we want everybody. I pray for my daughters and Ashley every every morning that I can help them get to heaven and they can help me get to heaven. And that's what we do for each other as a family, not only our immediate family, but also our church family, that we help each other live the Christian life, do the things God has asked us to do so that we can be in heaven together. That's part of that being prepared when Eli was talking about that and we've had, I've had some devotionals on that. If we're not prepared, we're not going to see heaven. And I think helping each other work together to get to heaven is part of doing that, that prepare, being prepared and, and helping each other be prepared. I think that's part of a, being a Christian. That's what we have to work for. Any comments about that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 We have to be able to show that and know truly what that means before we can tell teach anybody else or show anyone else as well. Right. Exactly. Good. Anybody else? All right. Verse 25 and 26. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus has made God's name known to us, and we're to make it known throughout the world. I think this is another way that we can be an answer to Jesus' prayer right here, that he's praying for us. And when we make the gospel known, when we make him known through our teaching, through like you were talking about knowing our true connection, how unified we are with Christ and with God, when we make that known throughout the world, that's being an answer to Jesus's prayer here of what he wanted us to be, the things he wanted us to accomplish after he left. And like Daryl said, he's not going to, he wasn't going to be with them. He was leaving. And this is what we can do now, centuries later, to answer the prayer that he prayed then is to tell others about Jesus, to tell others about God so that they know who he is, 
and what he's done for us. Any questions? Any comments about that before we move into some questions? So Jesus built one church for all the people to be in. Paul and others plead for unity throughout the New Testament. He talks about it in 1 Corinthians and Ephesians. Jesus said, by our unity, everyone would know that we are his disciples. Our unity is important, and our love for one another says something to the world. That's what we've been saying, that what others see, what others are seeing us, how we treat others, how we treat each other, uh, that shows our unity. We don't want to turn people away from the church because they can't see us being unified. They can't see us doing what what Jesus has prayed for us to do. When they see us not unified, why do they want to come? Why do they want to be a part of that if we're not unified here together as close as we should be? So a question, why is the world divided religiously? There's going to be a million answers to this. I've got a few wrote down right here. But why is the world divided religiously? After talking about the unity, what we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to be unified, why is the church so divided? Why is the world so divided religiously? I'm sorry. Okay. That's my biggest one right there is ignorance of the scriptures. If you don't read it for yourself and try to study it, don't interpret it the way you want it to fit your life. We have to read the Bible and make our life fit it. And I think that's where the... I call it the ignorance. You were talking about the ignorance of the scripture. People don't use that like they should. They try to make it around their life when we should be shaping our life to the Bible. One that goes with yours, pride. I feel like that's what kind of falls in under that is pride. What's some more reasons that we're divided? What's that? Yep. Satan's the root of all of it. I think he's the reason for everything that we're, every reason that we're divided. Uh, That's the big one there. I've got jealousy, selfish ambition, love of money. People want the money. People want to do what they want to do. Traditions of men. I think these others right here, they can kind of fall in the church. But when you start talking about traditions of men, how many churches of Christ do you know that are divided because of traditions? Y'all know of any? What are some traditions that we kind of push as a church of Christ in some areas that may divide us? Something that's not doctrine, something that doesn't tell us as far as one cup, how you support things, order of worship. I've seen that make people mad and want to leave because of the way we're doing our worship order. The amount of time we spend on different things in worship, I've seen that make some people upset. Uh, Those are all traditions. Those are all things that going by what the scripture says, those are traditions of man. And sometimes it's hard to get out of that. I'll be honest, when we first started coming here, shutting the lights off and everybody walking in, man, that drove me nuts. I thought, man, what are we doing parading everybody in here and making them look like it's some kind of concert coming in here, flipping the lights back on? That was just not what I was used to. Then I got to thinking, we ring a bell back home. Well, that's even worse. We got some kind of instrument in there ringing a bell. So, but it's tradition. I mean, all of that was tradition that bothered me. When you really think about it, that shouldn't have any effect on my worship. That shouldn't have any effect on how I see things going on as worship. Mm-hmm. Right. As long as we're not disrupting to where it's becoming a, as we were talking, a stumbling block to worship, or it takes away from the decently and in order that's going on during worship, then I, I see what you're saying there. But everything still needs to be decently and in order and nobody distracted if we can help it. But Okay. 
Next thing, how can we answer Jesus's prayer for unity here? What can we do as a church, as followers of Christ? How can we, let's put it to Lehman here. Let's put it to us personally, because that's, he prayed for us. I mean, that's still us that he prayed for. Yes, it was back then, but this prayer is still for us today. So us at Lehman, how can we, how can we do that? I feel like we do a good job of it. I'm not trying to say we don't. What are we doing? How can we be better at it? What's some ideas you all have? Uh-huh. Right. 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 That was one of the classes where I think we even mentioned that too. We need to remember that this is not Lehman team against so-and-so team. This is not Lehman against whoever. We're all one church. We're just meeting here at Lehman. That's why it's called the Lehman Avenue Church of Christ. You know, it'll be the Cumberland Trace Church of Christ. And if we move to Nashville Road, it'd be the Nashville Road Church of Christ. Just like all their building, all their churches are named something else. But we forget it's the Church of Christ. And so we do. We need to pray for these other churches that may be struggling because they're just like us sitting here. They're just sitting in a different place. Uh, we're all one in Christ. We're all the children that he's talking about here that Jesus prayed for. It does. And we all gain strength from each other. I mean, we talk about praying for them and helping them. I'd say if we went there, they'd help us a lot too. There's a lot of things that these other churches offer, small, big, whatever they are. We all have talents. We all have things to offer. We all have ways to help each other. And if you ever go to visit somebody, an older person or whoever sick, sometimes you'll come away feeling better about yourself, more strengthened. And you went to help them, but you walked away more strengthened. Chris and Amber Pickock, you all know them well. Every time I go to see them, I come away better, feeling better than I did whenever I went. And I was going to comfort them. Why well, they're so much stronger than than I could ever imagine. And there's people like that. There's churches like that. No matter how big, how small, what they've been through, we need to remember we can all help each other. And And I think that's what this unity right here is what Jesus is talking about. Because when we are united, we are helping each other. We work together. We do it all to help each other. Yes. Right. 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 Maybe they just change location, change the name, but it's still the Church of Christ. <coughs> so to answer the question here, y'all got any more comments? I'm going to finish out my notes. We may get out of here a minute early. but So to answer Jesus' prayer on unity, focus on pleasing him above ourselves we've hit that a little bit maybe not directly but in a roundabout way as long as we're focusing on pleasing god pleasing jesus then and above ourselves and not putting ourselves first uh, that's going to answer that prayer that jesus prayed for us contend for the faith stand up for the truth as long as we're doing that as long as we're following this putting tradition aside putting self aside following this and we're contending for the faith here that's going to answer that prayer for unity in the church. Have a humble heart, a heart of love and care for each other. We've hit that one hard. I feel like we do that here. I feel like we do that great, loving each other. I can look out here and see a bunch of people that if I needed anything, I know you'd be right there. Almost every pew that I knew if something happened, needed anyone, you'd be there. And, and that's a great feeling. And there's so many people out there that don't have that. They don't have that support. They don't have that somebody to back them up, somebody to help them. Who do I call? Well, what do you mean? I got a bunch of people I'll call. Let's just call them up. They'll, they'll take care of it. And to have that comfort, knowing that, that there are people out there that care for you, that's a, that's a big thing. The love for each other. 
remember that that's part of the reason Jesus died. The, one of the main reasons Jesus died was so that we would be united in him. We would be united in Christ. He gave up his life so that we would have unity in the church. Put his will above ours. His will will be done. And we need to make sure that we always pray that your will be done in everything because it's going to be his will will be done. And we need to come to terms with that and make that part of our life so that we'll be happier. I mean, if his will is my will and my will is his will, life's going to be a lot better. And if we'll always remember that in the decisions we make, how we live our life, things we do in life, people that we seek out, people we tell about Jesus, his will will be done. Let's see. And then pray for, we've done talked about this. We need to pray for unity at Lehman and throughout the brotherhood. I mean, as long as we're doing that, then that's going to answer that prayer. Uh, So in conclusion, Jesus raised his head to heaven as he prays on this occasion. This is another occasion that Jesus is praying. His mind is on here on earth. His mind is on us whenever he's doing this. Um, He's preparing to go to the cross about this time. And he's going to sit at the right hand of God not long after he prays this prayer. But his mind was on us who would be left behind and hopefully believe on his name and tell others about it, about him and about salvation and about the glory that's waiting for us. That's the prayer that Jesus is praying. He wants us to go to heaven. He wants us to be a Christian. He wants us to be united. He wants us to be different, distinct, sanctified but united in Christ. And as long as we're doing all of that and trying to serve him, trying to praise him and working together to do that, I feel like a home in heaven's sure for us. So, right. That's true. That's true. And I feel like Lehman has been great at that as far as new people that come in. I mean, you learn their names pretty fast, something about them. You have no problem going up talking to them. I feel like we're a very close knit Family here, right? That's true. Anybody else? Not? That's all I got. Thank you all. Appreciate your comments.